So, uh, Mr. Anderson, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, it's so great to have you. And, um, you know, I love you folks up at Heritage Foundation. And I think I've interviewed just about every single expert that you you have there and i've been interviewing you yeah I've, I've been on this is my 10th year and i think the entire 10 years we've been so blessed by the research and the work that you all do and the availability of scholars like yourself to come on radio programs like mine and i, I just want to say thank you sir oh sure thing yeah yeah and this book i'm telling you you know this is an issue i've been on for many many years and uh you know, and sometimes we who study these things, we think we know, don't we? <laughs> Until I read a book like yours. Yeah, and what's that old saying of um, you really, uh, a wise man really knows that he really doesn't know. And, uh, and so you have shared a lot of wisdom with me, and we want to share that wisdom with the audience that this, this, this issue that you discuss in your book, When Harry Became Sally, about the uh, the transgender movement, this goes deep, doesn't it? I mean, time-wise. It, it, it does. I mean, so uh, this has been a um, an ideological movement that wants to say that bodies can be uh, reshaped, refashioned uh, by modern medicine so that you can technically reassign someone's sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so right now they're doing um, radical experiments on children. Uh, giving young children puberty-blocking drugs, uh, giving teenagers the opposite sex's hormones, so giving testosterone in high dosages to girls, giving Mm -hmm. estrogen in high dosages to boys. Wow. Uh, It's an attempt to let them, quote, uh, be their true gender. So the idea here is that uh, you can be a boy trapped in a girl's body, Mm. or you could be a girl trapped in a boy's body. And so the appropriate response is to um, uh, hormonally and then possibly even surgically uh, reconfigure your body. Yeah, I just saw recently a picture, and I posted it on my Facebook, a, uh, a, a, an 18-year-old girl who really, she's an adult, she's 18 years old, wrestling in high school, undefeated, had been given testosterone, which if she were a boy, it would be illegal to take testosterone injections because that would give a him an unfair advantage over uh, another boy who has to come to the match with the testosterone that God gave him, not the testosterone that was injected. And she, this this girl, she looked like a man, number one. And the girl she was wrestling, she had a headlock on her, and the girl looked like she was about to die. I mean... Talk about child abuse. These are just some of the, um, uh, the problems that we're going to be seeing increasingly um, in our society right now. And it's what inspired me uh, to write the book because most people, uh, they haven't encountered this stuff. They haven't had a high school girl at their high school mm-hmm. taking testosterone, and they don't know um, how to think about it. Um, and so the, the purpose of writing the book was to help people first think about the underlying reality. Is it a good idea? for high school girls to be taking testosterone, yes or no. Um, if people are going to be taking testosterone anyway, what do we do about that, right? How do we uh, make sure that uh, athletic competitions are still fair and mm. are still safe, right? It can be unsafe uh, when you have people taking uh, these hormones, competing against people who aren't taking these hormones. It yeah. can be unfair. In Alaska, there was a boy who identified as a girl 
who won the state track championship in the girls' <laughs> competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not surprising that when you have a boy who identified as a girl, uh, he could beat um, other, he could beat actual girls yeah. uh, in a track competition. That's why we have separate competitions for men and women, for boys and girls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you wrote about Dr. Kenneth Zucker in in Canada, and his his attitude was simple. He was not like me, uh, a warrior against this type of stuff. As a matter of fact, he helped, according to your book, he helped uh, some people transition in that way. But his his thing was leave the children alone, and share yeah. with the audience his story and what these people did to to Dr. Zucker. Sure. I mean, so Dr. Zucker is. Um, you know, he's part of the medical mainstream, and so in many respects, he was in favor of people transitioning, especially adult transitioning. But he thought with children, we need to give them the time and the space to actually understand what it means to be a boy or a girl, a man or a woman. We shouldn't just take at face value mm-hmm. um, a boy's claim to be a girl or a girl's claim to be a boy. And so as a result of this, um, activists got his clinic shut down. Uh, for 30 years, he was running a a gender clinic in Toronto where he was helping children um, re-identify with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And uh, activists uh, ran a campaign and got the government to shut down his clinic. And this is just remarkable because he has an endless list of parents uh, who are thanking him because rather than turning their little boys into girls or mm-hmm. turning their little girls into boys, he helped their little boys feel comfortable as a boy. Right. He helped the girls feel comfortable as a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, just through talk therapy, just talking to children. What is it about being a boy that you find uncomfortable? Yeah. What is it about being a girl that you find attractive? And how can I help you uh, feel comfortable in your own skin? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what Dr. Zucker was doing. Uh, yeah, which the they've outlawed in like California, that. I understand. In, in California, it, is, it, is, is this the case that it's illegal for even a parent to hire a counselor to counsel their child out of confusion? So in seven states, uh, and California is one of them, in seven states, a medical professional could lose their medical license um, if they engage in what the government calls conversion therapy with a minor. And the rhetoric here is remarkable because they're saying it's conversion therapy to help a child feel comfortable in his own body. Uh, But it's gender-affirming therapy to transform that boy into a girl. Mm. Um, this is turning language upside down. Yeah, and it's and it's the, it's literally an attack on the creation of God because I mean, this is uh, you know male and female created he them. I mean straight straight out of the book of Genesis, and um, the um, there there's another doctor that uh, you write about. Uh, John Money at and I was this this really shocked me and I'm I'm a guy it's hard to shock me Johns Hopkins this world famous university on all you know they have six campuses they're world famous they're the leaders in so many things and they've been a leader in this and there was a case of two twin boys uh was this back in the 60s these two twin boys one yeah yeah, so one this, had his had his penis nicked during their um, during the uh, removal of the foreskin and uh, the circumcision, and so the parent. Well, let me let you tell it. Sure. I mean, so what happened back in the 1960s was uh, Johns Hopkins opened um, a sex reassignment clinic, um, and and the story that you're mentioning about David Reamer 
Um, a child had a botched circumcision, and Dr. Money suggested that the parents just raise them as a girl because it was easier to create um, a kind of like a cosmetic uh, female anatomy than cosmetic male anatomy back in the 60s. Um, and then, unfortunately, both uh, David and his uh, twin brother, uh, they both end up committing suicide later in life because of all the trauma mm-hmm. that they had suffered. Dr. Paul McHugh, in 1979, shut down the sex assignment clinic at Johns Hopkins. Uh, McHugh, he was an undergraduate at Harvard. He then went to Harvard Medical School. And in the 70s, he became psychiatrist-in-chief at Johns Hopkins. And he said, all right, you guys, you know, for a decade now, you've been running this sex reassignment clinic. We should actually see what the outcomes have been. And so he asked one of his colleagues, you know, conduct a long-term uh, follow-up. Let's see what's happened. And the patients, they were happy with those surgery as a cosmetic matter, um, but they didn't show any signs of psychosomatic improvement uh, mm-hmm. in terms of anxiety, depression, suicide attempts. Um, uh, these people were still suffering. Mm-hmm. So McHugh, now responsible for all of psychiatry, he said, we have people coming to us struggling with their identities, and rather than us helping them, uh, we're messing with their bodies. Mm-hmm. He shut down that clinic back in 79. Uh, John Hopkins, as you mentioned, is a world-beating institution. Other people followed their example. And a year and a half ago, Hopkins announced it was opening up its sex reassignment clinic again, uh, wow. partly because of pressure from activists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will not let doctors be doctors. In in other words, it's the 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 doctor that shut it down was would have been a a follower of Hippocrates. First, do no harm. Right, right. And they and the doctors that want to open it up, they would have been a follower of Plato, who wanted the doctors to be employees of the state. And as the state gets um, moves along the way our nation has in, in this uh, desire to just destroy literally God's creation and, and remake it in, in their own image. This is, uh, you know, a, an argument for not having the government be the final say-so in medicine, is it not? Yeah, I mean, one thing we're really going to have to worry about is if the government becomes the final arbiter in which should happen to children. Uh, because just two weeks ago, parents lost custody of their 17-year-old daughter because she wants to transition to be a boy. And the parents did not want her to be receiving testosterone therapy. The parents wanted her to receive help feeling comfortable as a girl. Which mm-hmm. is, she's a 17-year-old girl. Uh, she's been a girl all of her life. And her parents are like, no, we don't support the idea of taking you to a clinic to transform you into a boy. Yeah. We'd like to actually help you feel comfortable being who you are. And unfortunately, um, uh, uh, the Child Protective Services for uh, uh, the state, and then it went through a, a judge who what state custody to the grandparents. It's, it's uh, Ohio. It's, the city, it's in Cincinnati. Wow. Right there in the heartland of America. Just two, And that, this is just two weeks ago. Wow. Wow. Now, share with the audience, and uh, and if you're just joining us, folks, uh, we have with us uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, Ryan is an expert at the Heritage Foundation, one of my favorite. As a matter of fact, I'm a member there, and uh, his book is When Harry Became Sally, and uh, we we highly encourage you to buy the book, and uh, by the end of the day, this this interview will be up on our website, and you can just go to the reallyrealdeal.com, click on his book, 
and Amazon will have his book at your house in about two days. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah, so now share with the audience, please, some of the stories of people that want to retransition that with all this radical surgery, chopping people up, uh, changing male to female, female to male, and the, uh, the very, very high rate of dissatisfaction in the number of people that want to uh, go back to the way God created them. Yeah, the, uh, the chapter of the book that was hardest um, to research and write is a chapter on people who transitioned and then regretted it, and as a result then detransitioned, tried to go back. Um, and these stories are heartbreaking because here you have people, they're not activists, they're not ideologues, um, but they were suffering in life. Mm-hmm. They felt so much distress in their bodies uh, that they contemplated uh, having uh, the surgery to reassign their sex. And the reason they did that was because experts told them this is what would help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many of them, they feel um, uh, great anger towards the medical establishment, uh, which told them that the solution for their problems um, lie in taking testosterone when they're girls or having surgery, removing their breasts, having a mastectomy. Um, many of the people who transitioned in high school feel that they were much too immature to be making such life-altering decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, high school is hard enough for us no matter what. High yes. It's a difficult <laughs> time. And if you're a girl who's not quite fitting in, you know, maybe you're somewhat of a tomboy, or maybe you're being picked on by uh, the other girls in your class for not being as beautiful as they are, or something like that. The last thing they need is then to have some gender expert tell them, oh, no, no, your real problems are that you're a boy trapped in a girl's body, mm-hmm. and we can help you uh, deal with this by giving you testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so many of them, they, they, they say that the, the clinicians, they never explored um, other possible causes for their uh, feelings of unrest. Mm-hmm. They never explored other possible therapies of how to help them. And now they regret, you know, five or ten years later mm-hmm. uh, that they're infertile because they've been taking testosterone for a decade, and that uh, made them infertile. They regret that they've had a mastectomy, so they've removed uh, their breast tissue. They regret that their voice has changed, and they can never get their original voice back. Um, the story is heartbreaking, and there's also a warning for conservatives, because several of them say that you know the reason they felt uncomfortable to begin with was because of conservative stereotypes. Right? Conservatives can sometimes be too rigid and what it means to be a real boy and what it means to be a real girl. And so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a caution to people like me to not be overly uh, rigid in, in how we understand what it means to be male and female, uh, mm-hmm. boy and girl. And, and also not to stigmatize people who are struggling. Uh, yeah. Because these, these people who are struggling, the last thing they need is, is, is people like us to kind of yeah. beat up on them. But what we should be doing is helping them find the wholeness and the happiness. Yeah. That they're looking for. That's even a warning to me. Uh, uh, now, although I try not to ever attack the individual, but I try to attack the activists. Yeah, and that's an important distinction. I mean, there's a very important distinction between yes. the activists who are promoting a transgender ideology and then ordinary Americans who may be suffering with their gender identity, struggling mm-hmm. with their gender identity. And so in the book, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to articulate that distinction because because my beef is with the people promoting these bad ideas mm-hmm. um, my beef's not with the people who have been victimized by the bad ideas right, there are people right. yeah. who are the victims 
And I think, um, I think, uh, Mr. Anderson, uh, most of us who are on our side, we feel that way. But when we are faced with a media that will lie and smear and, you know, and sometimes there is there is an offhand joke thrown. And I'm guilty of that, throwing off an, uh, an offhand joke. But, you know, we don't have any animus towards these people. As you say, they're victims. And, you know, when you, when you look at the neoliberal ideology, uh, almost everything they try, they leave in their wake victims. <laughs> and uh, so we go after them, but they twist our words in the media. Now, not always. I I think you're right. In some cases, uh, you know, people will, you know, flippantly, you know, say, oh, well, he's a sissy or, or what have you. Right, but but right. I think for the most part, we're really going after the those that are the drivers, those that have the big megaphones, and and what they say is, uh, oh, you, you know, you don't like Barack Obama, you hate brown people. You don't like Hillary right. Clinton, you hate women. It's you know, and it's the same thing with this. You don't like uh, children being chopped up. You hate um, people that have uh, g- what do they call it? Gender dysphoria. Gender, gender dysphoria. Right, yeah. and, and we don't hate any of them. Exactly. And, and you're highlighting something really important because you can go wrong um, in two different directions. Because you could go one, you could go wrong in one direction um, by making those inappropriate jokes and stigmatizing people and belittling people and people, right? So that's one way you could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But the other way you could go wrong is by buying into the ideology. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can also go wrong by saying, yes, the little boy is a girl. Mm-hmm. Yes, the little boy should be given. What we need to do is we need to avoid both of those mistakes, and we have right. to speak the truth in love. But you know, right? where most, our, you know where most people go wrong is they're silent. Yes. They're well, silent. They're silent because the left attacks them. I mean, one of the reasons I wrote the book was to empower people to speak the truth. Because so many people would tell me, you know, I think what's going on, um, uh, I have lots of concerns about it, but I don't know how to talk about it. And the, and the activists and the mainstream media, they're silencing me, they're shaming me, they're, they're making it so that I, I feel uncomfortable speaking about this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's important that, you know, you and I having this conversation now for the listeners, it's to help empower people yes. to be able to talk to their friends, their family, their loved ones about these very important but difficult issues. Yes, yes. Yes, and this this is a really, really uh, a huge issue. I mean, this uh, this is this is like a replay of um, the the uh, the uh, the goddess Ashtora and Baal uh, three thousand years ago, where they wanted to eliminate gender differences, and in their temples they had male and female prostitutes. It's like. It really is true what the Bible says, that there is no new thing under the sun. You would think this would be new. <laughs> but um, Well, and definitely parts of this. I mean, so, so some of the underlying ideology is ancient. Right? I mean, I, I actually, in the book, I mentioned that this is like a, a new form of the ancient philosophy of Gnosticism, mm-hmm. in which the real self is something other than the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's new is that right now we now have modern technology and modern science and modern medicine where never before in human history could we give testosterone to girls yeah you used to have to pretend now you can have a doctor actually take a scalpel and and an injection and you know really really mess you up and it's entirely experimental they have no idea what the long-term consequences because there are no long-term studies 
Mm -hmm. So we are conducting an experiment on our children. Wow. And that is why we need to be uh, cautious here. Yeah. So God bless you for your efforts here. And uh, and I'm going to tell you this, too. God bless Dr. Uh, Kenneth Zucker. Whatever became of him? You know, I don't know. It was about two years ago that his clinic was shut down, and I haven't heard anything since. Yeah, yeah. Well, God bless him because, I mean, to— we really we really need people like him and like yourself to stand up and defend our children. I mean, my God, if we won't defend our children and grandchildren, what will we defend? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, and, and God bless you. And, uh, look, anytime you ever write another book, we would love to have you back <laughs> on this program, sir. I'd be happy to do so. Okay. God bless you. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Well, all right, folks, uh, we're going to take a, a quick uh, commercial break here, and uh, we will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. That's right. You may not know me, but I am your brother. And uh, we are, what, we about two minutes before the top of the hour news break. And uh, I would just like to, uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Mr. Anderson. That was a really, really uh, great book. I'm telling you, I, I wish we could have gone on for an hour. I learned so much reading that book. And, uh, but I want to encourage you all to check us out on our new website. Uh, we are celebrating. We're in the midst of our 10th year on the air. Not quite in the middle of it. Uh, we're kind of in the beginning of our 10th year. And uh, it's been a great ride, and uh, it's been great having you out there, uh, many fans. Uh, we've uh, just been so honored uh, to be invited to speak at various places. Uh, I'm giving the honor again to host another, um, well, to moderate, rather, another debate. Uh, I had a ball uh, really moderating the governor's debate uh, several months ago. And 
and and now we're going to be able to. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Ryan's uh, Mark Mark's getting a little uh, a little anxious with the music here, but um, anyway, it's just it's just been great. I just want to send out a big thank you to you all and ask you all to continue going to our new website, the Really Real Deal. Dot com. Uh, if you go there, you'll find the latest articles that I've written, as well as many of the interviews that we've done recently. Uh, we're going to take our top of the hour news break. And when we come back, we will entertain your telephone calls here at many questions, but the answer is AM 820 WNTW Chester.